0: the Oakdale Christian Centre podcast. Today they've lead to study on Psalm 51. This psalm is often known as the Sinner's Psalm. Sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Yet you desired faithfulness even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in that secret place. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit in me. You do not delight in sacrifice, or I'd bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart you, God, will not despise. May it please you to prosper Zion, to build up the walls of Jerusalem. Then you delight in the sacrifices of the righteous, in burnt offerings offered whole. Then bowls will be offered on your altar.
1: Amen. Just to say, um, as a preamble for those listening, for us here, sometimes we wonder, we may maybe tuning in tonight and say, well, how do I become a Christian? What, what is it to become a Christian? I tell you what, if we read this psalm, this psalm is called The Sinner's Guide. You will understand what's, how to get saved and what God wants you to do after you get saved. And that's so important. Sometimes we wonder, "How oh, do I lead someone to Christ? Me sometimes, what, what, what should I say to him? We've got to such a point. Get into God's willings we're going to read Psalm 51 as we'll see in a moment it is an amazing psalm. Um, William Carey um, said that he wanted William Carey the great uh, missionary to India said that he wanted this text to be his funeral sermon um uh, J- uh, Campbell, Campbell Morgan said this the great song this great song pulsating uh, with the agony of a sin-stricken soul helps us to understand the stupendous wonder of the everlasting mercy of God. That's amazing, isn't it? When you see the ironing, it's right. Okay, first question was, um, this is quite easy because if you've read it, it'll be on the topic, but who wrote it? Amen. Now, many, many psalms, we, we don't really know when they were written. Um, They they are there and we've got to sort of try and guess Where they are are in his life Or in a position of his life And of course that's not too bad Because obviously the Psalms are for us as well Um, And so we can fit it But this one, did anyone read it on the top of it? When was this written? This is a very specific title He he, he, he made sure that everyone knew When he wrote it and why he wrote it So it was in connection with his sin Sin With Bathsheba, which I can spell or write badly so you can't even tell the difference. It's always good. If you can't spell, write badly and they wouldn't know. Um, So there's our context. Okay, now let's just get, uh, let's read a bit of that context so we get our our minds thinking a bit. um, Because it's good to know the context of the psalm. Um and this is this is the context of the psalm. Psalm um two Samuel twelve, it's one to fourteen, and Chris and Ken will read that for us. Nathan rebukes David.
2: The Lord sent Nathan to David, when he came to him, he said, There were two men in a certain town, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had a very large number of sheep and cattle, but the poor man had nothing. Except one thing, one little man that he had bought. He raised it, and it grew at, with him and his children. He shared his food, drunk from his cup, and even said in his arms, it was like a daughter to him. Now trumper came to the rich man, but the rich man refrained from taking one of his own sheep to prepare a meal for the trouble who had come to him. Instead, he took the ill man that belonged to the poor man and prepared it for one who had come to him. David remained with anger against the man and said to me, As surely as the Lord lives, the man who did this deserves to die. He must pay for that man four times over, because he did such a thing, and had no pity. Then he then said to David, You are the man, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I united you king over Israel, and I delivered you from the
3: hand also. I gave your master's house to you, and the master's ways into your hands. And give you all his love on Judah and all. This I have been too little. And without hidden you heat more. Why did you de- despise the word of the Lord by doing what is evil in his eyes? You struck down Uriah at uh, night with the words and took his wife to be your home. To kill him with a sword of the harmonites Now therefore, the sword will never depart from your house because you despised me and took the wife of Uriah, and had a headlight to be your own This is what the Lord says: Out of your own household, I am going to bring harmony on you before your very eyes take your values and give them to one who is close to you, and he will sleep with your values in broad daylight. You did it in in secret, and I will do
1: the same in broad daylight before all Israel. Amen. Uh, Nathan, under the influence of the Lord, uses a great human trait that we love to see, and we are quick to see error in other people, and um, not so much in ourselves. Um, my mum very wisely said to me one day, or to many of us, I think probably in the in Bible study, the Lord many times showed her her faults by her reckon, recognizing them in others. And uh, that is so true, isn't it? We can recognize faults, and the Lord uses that. And here we see D- uh, uh, David. Um, we have a couple of people. Bathsheba, and then, uh, was that? Uh, from Wendy. Irena said, No sin. Too great to be forgiven. We'll come to that in a minute. Yes. So there's our background. There's where he's writing. Um, he's been confronted and he's owning up. Anything? Any first? What, what's the first impression? Anybody? What do you come up with? No, so. um Interesting. Um, penitent is that's a lovely word, isn't it? Penitent. The the penitent. The penitent manus. I'm going back to the old. Uh, What's that film? Um, Pent a man shall not pass. No. Um, we have in, in, in the book of Psalms 150, that's, his, that's the, the Jewish hymn book. Um, and they, they classify them in different, you know, the messianic Psalms and, and all the, the, the ascent Psalms. These, these, this particular Psalm is, is a group of seven. Oh, was it was a good number divine number some seven of what they call the penitential psalms um you can find it in 6 32 50 38 51 100 200 and 43. psalms where sorrow remorse repentance is um is given and um even back in the early churches oregon they say and um, augustine augustine really got a few together but it wasn't until about the sixth century where they got these seven where they got these seven together they say And in the early church, at the end of their morning services, they would recite Psalm 51. They would recite. It's a fantastic psalm, isn't it? It really is. So there's remorse, repentance. Anything else? Did we, remember I said about repetition? Yes. So if you look at the first two verses, you'll find three sets of threes. Because remember, it's a poem, it's a hymn. So there's going to be, sin- it isn't just like something written, it's going to be sung. So there's going to be syntax, and there's going to be something that I remember. So the first two verses are, are, are really the, the beginning, the, the foundation, and the last two verses are the conclusion, Praise for himself, prayers for the nation. Do they, do they? Well, of course, they made, made a big difference, because he was the leader of the nation, that's why the Bible says, "Pray for the leaders of the nation, because the state of the leaders really is, is the state of the state of the nation, especially in Israel's time. Of course, we understand that. So we have three sets of threes, and at uh, this first verses, last two verses, and then we have four stanzas, four verses um, of five lines, three lines, three lines, five lines, but we won't get into that. Let's look at those three threes. OK. First thing he does, he, asks, he 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 looks at the motivation. He appeals to God, God's character, for God's motivation to forgive him. What do we have? Three. First one is mercy. Second one is. I've got. Um... Yeah. That's it. That was a great word we the other day. i another. Third one is compassion which we looked at as well interesting david was a man of god's word he knew god's word and as we'll see this out out, out working we'll see he's read he knew history and he knew god's word and he knew ceremony the ceremony you see you've got to know god's word because it'll hold you in times uh, when when we fall apart remember and here he is now and we'll read psalm 32 in a moment where it's it's nearly a year where he's trying to hide this. He's trying to, uh, and we'll see, because he mentions a couple of things, he he was in great pain, guilt, but it it bore out in his physical body as well. He was really, it seems, he may even have leprosy, possibly. Who knows? Throw that out, could be. Um, But he's in real difficulty, and he's appealing to God, uh for his and uh, interesting those three three things there where do we find them Exodus 34 we'll see in a moment so three things mercy has said in compassion what does he ask God to do three things well three things he asked God to do about his sin blood wash and what's the last one have two Cleanse, and he uses three different words doesn't he three different words there three different words for sin uses transgression iniquity iniquity, and uh, and just plain the word for sin remember those three words he uses there transgression iniquity and sin where do we find them in that in that context we find them in exodus 34 God is the God who forgives transgression, iniquity, and sin. Transgression is just outright rebellion, a revolt. Sin is just the plain word for missing the mark, missing it. And iniquity is the, the word, there is the, the, the bias in us, the bent, the twistedness in us. And it is interesting that he, he says, blot, out my blot it out, blot it out, Lord, please. Then he says, wash my iniquity. This word's a lovely word. It means, uh, it's, it's the word fuller, fulling. Now you say, what does that mean? Some of you older folk will understand what it means. It means they used to get, the, and they used to hit it, stamp on it to get it clean. They'd wash it and they'd stamp on it. Uh, as time went, well, they used to use the rubbing board, didn't they? But in the early days, he would stamp on it, hit it until it was totally clean. He said, do that to my heart, Lord, because my twistedness needs straightening out. And he said, if you've got to stamp on me and hit me and straighten me, please. You can see the agony of his soul. You see why God said, David, is a man after my heart. He knew the, the, the evil of sin and his heart was, as Campbell Morgan says, we can see the agony in His heart. Um, so we have three threes. Blot out, wash me, and cleanse me. Um, I think the word cleanse is just uh, as it says it is. Uh, to make pure, blameless, to acquit me. Uh, it, it can mean to de sin me, unsin me. Bless the Lord. I love that word. Unsin me. Okay, so anything else in the, in the beginning? So that's his preamble. Then he. Just go straight into it, and um, he says, for I know my transgression. See, that's someone who's under the conviction of sin. When we know that we're sinners. See, if you don't think, when people don't know they're sinners, they don't understand that, then God's not really working there, is he? He's not really working. He understood, why, right? Because we read it last week, I think, or the week before. Holy Spirit convicts us of, of um Guilt, righteousness, and judgment. Sin, righteousness, and judgment to come. Listen to the the psalm that comes alongside 51 that really is the outworking of Psalm 51. Psalm 32, uh, 1 to 5.
4: Blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord has not done against him, and whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted already. Through my growing all the land. And The day and night the hand was heavy upon me. My strength was sucked, as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledge my sin to you. I did not cover my iniquity. I said I would confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave the guilt of my sin
1: what a fantastic psalm we read it many times don't we but that's the outworking of, of this psalm and he says this is what I was like when I kept silent the, my bones wasted away he mentions bones here didn't he it, his bones were were, were contrite broken really the, the weight of sin it's amazing When we, especially when we are saved when we know the Lord if we're in sin that weight bears us down um, and uh, he, he acknowledges that he owns up and he says, my sin is always before me. Now, let's look at verse 4. This is an interesting statement. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. And, and initially, at the first glance, you could say, well, Dave, what about the people that he, he hurt? Well, of course, remember, he's talking primarily the sinners against God. See, the fallout, secondary, is always going to be someone hurt. When people say, oh, um, I, I want to do my own thing, and I'm not hurting anybody. You see, you, you can't, you, no one lives on an island, so sin always affects someone else. People say, well, I, I'll take drugs, I'll do what I want, yeah? And I pick up the jolly tab, when you got to go to, to the A&E? When people say, oh, well, I'll sleep around, I'll do what I want, yeah? Who picks up the tab when you've got to go and get those penicillin, and you've got to go and get treated? Taxpayer. See, so when we say, oh, I, no, 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 sin always affects. But primarily, David can understand, he, see, he's not glossing over sin. He, he understands that sin is not breaking just an abstract law, is it? No, sin is violating the very personage of God. Because God has said, this is the way it is. And if you, you know, that's why we, we've forgotten the power of, And the the, the consequences of sin. See, that's why sin has to be dealt with and confined for the whole of eternity. Because sin destroys and it violates the personage of God. So David is saying, look, I have sinned. I have sinned. And he's saying, "Look, you were when we read on Sunday. You were the one law, one lawgiver, one judge. So you are justified when you judge, and you prove right when you speak. There's no argument with God, is there?" He says, "This is how it is." Uh, and then he moves on. Interesting. He says he, he does is not just a sinner by action. Now, that, some people could admit that, can't they? Oh, yeah, I've done things wrong. I've—I've I've sinned. But now he goes to the root of the problem. Verse 5, I am sinful from birth. He brings up the original sin argument that every one of us is born with sin. Now, let me just throw this in aside. I've told you before. It could also mean that um, David was of not the same mother as his other brothers. Could be. Throw that in. Why Why do we say that, David? Well, when Samuel turned up, who did they not invite? Everyone was there apart from David. They didn't even invite him. Could be a number of reasons for that. But there was a bit of animosity, wasn't there? Remember he went down with, the Goliath was there, and David saying, oh, what's happening here? And his brother said, oh, you you little toe rag, you only come down here to watch the fighting. Who's looking after those sheep? And there was a little bit of grating there. So I'll throw that out because it's possible, but really what he's saying is this I am a sinner by action and by nature. He could see his very heart. And thankfully the Bible is very clear, isn't it? It goes right through the through the word telling us that. Someone read Romans 3, 9 to 12.
2: So all gives better than others? No have already said that Jews and non-Jews are saved they are all guilty of sin as the scriptures say there is no one without saving them there is no one who understands there is no one who looks to God for help all who turns away together everyone has become evil none of them does anything
1: we talked about that Sunday with no one, not one not one of us um, by nature, we are bad. We are able to do good things. Why? Because we create in God's image. But our very heart, the very essence, is rebellion against God. And he, David tells us that. He makes no excuse. He doesn't make that excuse for his sin. No, no, no. He's saying he's a sinner by nature and a sinner by deed. Uh, and thankfully, now he's under such a weight of conviction. And God does that, doesn't He? Let's read Paul's testimony of what his conviction was like. Uh, 26, 12 to 15. Acts.
4: Whereupon, as I went to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priest, at midday, O king, I saw in the way a light from heaven above the brightness of the sun, shining round me, and, and then which journeyed with me. And when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for me to kick against the bricks. I said, who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest.
1: See, Paul, again, I love this because it encourages us to keep praying. Paul, the Bible says getting worse and worse. His family, some of his family were saved before him and were praying for him. The church was probably praying for him and that's all they could see was getting worse and worse. So much so that he was, the Bible says, you can see Paul's personality was pretty, he was one of those, he could be a bit really aggressive. You can see that. And he was after them and the Bible, but the Bible says the Lord was working on him. And it came to that point where an encounter with God and he said, Paul, it is hard to kick against the goads. Now, a goad is a, uh, something that stings, maybe, or really, in, in that environment, in the agricultural environment, it was a long stick with a point on it which you used for animals. Um, maybe a, a bull to keep him in, in line or when he's, he's plowing. Big stick to, to poke them. And that's the idea. The Lord was prodding him. Talking him, goading him, stinging him. His conscience was. It was. I tell you what. What that particular day, where he saw Stephen get uh, martyred, and he saw Stephen said, "Lord, don't count this against him." Oh, I think the Lord used that wonderfully. Uh, Lord, never. Ne- ne- remember, there's no martyrs that God doesn't use to to outwork his purposes, is it? There's always a purpose behind it. And uh, they, that's the weight of conviction that we see. And if we, were, some of us who are saved, um, uh, when we've done something wrong, what happens? There's a prodding, isn't it? Oh, uh, and especially when the Lord tells us to do something, there's a prodding and a weight, And we, we shake it off for a bit sometimes and uh, the Lord is merciful to us, isn't he? Because he keeps coming back. Dave, you've got to square that up. You've got to go and say sorry to Jackie again. See, he prods us, doesn't he? That's the weight of conviction. Thankfully, um, the, the, the wiping out, the blotting out, the fulling of our sin bless the Lord, is not just the, where David is, is worked out in God's purpose in the New Testament by the blood of Jesus, listen to these verses, Colossians 2 13 to 15 and you being dead
2: in the trespasses and the Having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle
1: of them, triumphing over them in it. The Lord said, "I blot it out, wipe it clean." Isn't that amazing? That all the way to it, we said this before. When we went. I remember when we were in school. When we used to, to write with pencil They were, they were great days, weren't they? Because you could just rub it out Erase it Like it wasn't there do not press too hard on the, on the paper, of course And then the pen day came And you thought, oh, dear me And uh, you couldn't erase that That was there forever and, Before Tippex came out So that's the, the idea That God is there to wipe There's conviction Confession Cleansing Anyone else? Any thoughts? Yes,
0: um, the The
1: heart, the nature of the heart. Oh, yes. We we'll look at that now. It's a great next verse, regeneration. But it's amazing that, that Paul, uh Paul, <laughs> David is is asking for cleansing in verse one. But if you read it, he, it pops up in the middle and even towards the end. You see why? Because he's just, he's just so concerned. That his sin is made sure and clean and washed away. Um, and that's, number one, we need continual cleansing, of course, as Christians, because we continually mess it up so often. But that, that's, that's a, a theme. So Uri comes now in um, verse 6, Lord, i have sinful of birth, surely you desire truth faithfulness steadfastness in the inner parts see god is wanting to do a work in us so that was a david's problem wasn't it there was there was lack of steadfastness and truth in that moment in that moment he should number one he shouldn't have been there should have been fighting where he should have been doing god's work and number two even then if he had turned away i not invited us so, and he has to go out and do all these plans to to um to make the sin possible and that's where uprightness and truth and integrity and lord you want to teach me i need to re, re revisit and re, re get that and then verse 7 says cleanse me with up, i will be clean again uh, reiterate in verse. Um, uh one well that's a new word there sin me unsin me cleanse me with hyssop, and i will be clean wash me and i'll be whiter than snow same same word as in uh verse uh two there he throws in the hyssop and again why because david understood old testament ceremonial law the hyssop is from the from the mint family a new mint as, as those lovely leaves which are, are capable of holding fluid and holding liquid. Um, and that's what they used. Uh, the, the Bible says you can book back in Exodus 12. They used it for painting the, the, the door, the lintels, the blood. Uh, they used it for that. And then uh, they would use it for sprinkling. So when a leper, when a leper was, was made clean, they would take the hyssop and the, uh, the water of cleansing... Remember the red heifer? And they would sprinkle that as well. It was used for sprinkling. It, it means, I suppose some would say, it means that the hyssop is like humility, but it is used to purify and sanctify and make a pronouncement of, of, of the, the, the cleansing uh, for, from sin and from sin. And of course, from leprosy. So then that's why we may, we may drop in there that he could have had a leprosy possibly possibly certainly he was he was uh, really weighed down with sin then he says lord let me hear joy and gladness let the bones that you have crushed rejoice bless the lord you see there is jo- one see, he uses there he, now he, he's, he's confessing his sin he knows he's forgiven and the bible says lord let me hear joy see joy What is joy? We said it before, joy expressed when grace experienced. He's received the experience of of the grace of God. And that word rejoice, remember we said before, it means to jump and to spin around. See, when we understand our sins forgiven, tell you what, if this is not the place to be, In the house of God, with the joy of the Lord. If we can't jump and spin, careful where you spin, mind you might, you know. If there's if there's no joy in the house of the Lord, we're in trouble, aren't we? Because we know who we are and we know what God has done with our lives. And Paul and David and Paul all the time. David is excited now, but then again he comes back. He says, "Lord, hide your sin, hide your face from my sins." Again, he uses that word. We find in verse one. Blot out my iniquities. Again, that word iniquity, that bent, that that way of thinking, that bias within us. It may be an attitude. It may be a characteristic. It may be a family attitude and characteristic. It's a bent in us. God blot it out. He's asked God to, to, to wash it out and to stamp on it. Now, Lord, just blot it away. Get it from me. And then, as we talk about the heart. This week here we come. Create verse 10. See, this is salvation, isn't it? Conviction, confession, cleansing, and now God has going to do a work in us. Create in me a clean heart. The word create is the same word as from Genesis 1, bara. Create out of nothing. You see, God just doesn't just cover over, He cleanses and He's doing a work in us. He's creating that's the when we talk about being born again, that's what it means our spirit that was cut off that was dead because of my sin now is recreated his spirit reinvigorates my spirit comes into my spirit and I'm born again regeneration created me David understood it amazing before salvation was ever wrought David could understand what ne- what was needed uh, 2 Corinthians 5 who is
4: in All this from God who reconciles us to himself in Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. God was reconciling the to himself and Christ, not committing any sins against Him, And he has given to us the message of reconciliation.
1: Anyone is in Christ as a new creation. See, God is not just interested in forgiving us. He isn't in, changing. He wants followers, disciples, reflectors of him. Remember, he said, "Come, follow me. Then go and take me." See, God is interested, and that, and that's why sometimes we people come and go. Maybe we've forgotten to tell. Them, no, this is a journey. We start with cleansing. Conviction and cleansing, and God is going to do a work in us, recreating us. And um, so David is here, and he's got to that place where he's asking the Lord, creating me a new heart, renew that steadfast, that steadfast spirit, that upright, perpendicular spirit. Lord, let me not be twisted even after this. Let me stand clear and firm with an upright heart again. And then he drops these verses in, which is really powerful. Cast me not away from your presence, O Lord. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Again, in his mind, who's he got? What do you think he's got in mind when he says, cast me not away from your presence, O Lord? So? No, not Saul, but Saul. Saul, yeah. Go further back. Go back to the beginning. Adam and Eve but Cain Cain what does he say in Genesis 4 Cain get from me out of my presence I cast you away from my presence of course Adam and Eve were cast out of the garden but the Lord covered them but in his mind he had had Cain now the second one we've just been told uh, take not your Holy Spirit from me who's he got there Saul and, yeah, Samson as well. He's got these people in mind, these great men. Saul, so, the Bible says uh, the, Lord, the Lord's spirit came off him. And then an evil spirit bothered him. Samson, when, remember we said when he gave his heart away. Up until then the Lord was merciful. But when he gave his heart away, the Bible says... The Philistines on you, and this is what he said in his mind: I will get up and, as I did before, throw off. And I, but the Bible is an awful verse. But he did not know the Lord had left him. And those particular examples, because he knew God's word, those were ramming around in his mind. And he said, Lord, don't treat me like that, please have mercy on me. Then restore the joy of my salvation. Isn't it amazing? Unconfessed sin creates all these difficulties, dirtiness, guiltiness, a wrong spirit. Um, separating from God's presence, our joy lost, our witness lost, our inner song lost, our praise lost, when there's sin in our life, an unconfessed sin. All those things. Let's carry on. Then, restore to me the joy, and grant me a willing, sustaining spirit. Grant me, two two reversions there. Grant me, um, uphold me with your generous spirit. But also, keep me going with a willing spirit, Lord, an upright spirit. And then what happens is, we go out and tell our witnesses. He said, "Then I will go and tell transgressions, then I will go and witness, I will go and confess, I will go and teach them, and many will be converted, converted. Um, John 4, John 4.:
4: Many from our we Never did. So when the smuggles came to him, they urged him to stay with him, and he stayed two days. Because of his words, many more became believers. They said "Well, the woman, We no longer believe just because of what he said. Now we have heard ourselves,
1: and we know this man we be here to stay with them. Amazing. Your testimony. Well, Mike talked about it the other day didn't he the power of a testimony that ch- a changed life. And, and David could understand he said, Lord, now I'm going to now what you've done with me, I'm, you've changed me, you've cleansed me now I will go and take this powerful testimony. And uh, what did they say? We believed because of what you said, your testimony led us to Christ. amazing. And then the power of uh, praise. See the mark and the stamp of, of, of a person who knows the Lord and who is is really flourishing in the Lord, is is praise. Is praise on their lips. Um, The Bible says he's given us a new song. Out of our hearts, he's created a new heart. What does the Bible say? Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what's in our heart comes out. And the power of praise, when God comes, Matthew 21, 12 to 16.
3: Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling them. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling goods. It is written, written. he said to them, My house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. The blind and the lame came to him at the temple and he healed them. But when the chief priests and teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he did, and the children shouting in the temple courts who sang to the son of David, they were indignant. Do you hear what these children are saying, They I him. Yes, replied Jesus. Have you never read from the lips
1: of children and infants, you, Lord, have called forth your praise. Power of praise. Lord, now I'm going to go back to the house of God. I wonder, you know, David loved the house of God, didn't he? I wonder in those times, that nearly a year, where he was under conviction, how, how many times he went to the house of God, he probably may have we probably would have gone to the house of god but his praise would have been empty his praise would have been so muted because the weight of sin was upon him what Irina said there i didn't catch that josh yes restoring us so we can reach out absolutely he's restoring he's restoring him back now his praise is going to be and he loved to praise the lord didn't we david he loved to praise the lord lord and now i know why because you've taken me and and uh, undeserved undeserved but it's more than that and again he throws in listen to the, he, then i will teach you but lord don't forget verse 14 save me from blood guilt oh god the god who saves me ah he, he was resting on the salvation of the lord Nothing could have taken away that sin. Remember, he not only committed adultery, he he arranged for the husband to be murdered or to be killed in combat. And, And that weight upon him, Lord have mercy, you are the only God who can save. But when you do, my tongue will sing of your righteousness, not my own, because he said, you know what mine's like, I've asked you to blot it out, my transgressions. Lord, open my lips let my mouth declare your praise. Oh, I tell you what. Why, if we know we are saved, if we know we're forgiven, if we know we're the, the children of God, He's recreated us. I tell you what. There's nothing going to stop you praising, isn't it? Even when oh, the weight of the world's upon us, Lord, you are worthy of praise. Ask Paul and Silas. how it's done. There they are. Midnight. Can't sleep. In absolute mess. Pain beyond belief. Yet they still. Rise up in praise. Bless the Lord. Praise. And when God comes, the, the, that there, the chapter 21, when God comes, the house of prayer is restored, purity is restored, and what happens? Power of God is restored. People are coming to be healed. And praise. The kids are praising the Lord. They are ju- Kids don't care what you think, do they? No, well, I am put my hands up. What, are people, what do they think next door? Well, they don't really actually care what you're doing, to be honest. But the kids, they will jump and holler and... Because they, they, they could see Jesus. They could see what he was doing. They could see what he was saying. Praise of God. And David, praise the Lord now because he's, he's right with God. If you want joy and peace, where do we go? We only can come to him and get right with him. Bless the Lord. Then, um, then he goes to the root, doesn't he? Again, he's, he's not forgetting because sometimes we love to deal with the exteriors. And he's saying, Well, Lord, it isn't about sacrifices for sacrifice's sake. Remember, he's, he's, he's reminding the Jews, but every prophet, every prophet. What did Isaiah say in, in chapter 1? Stop the sacrifices. I've had enough of them. In fact, they've got, they really get on my nerves, he said. Because you're coming with sacrifices, but your heart's not there. The motivation is not for me. It's just ritual. It's religion. But there's no motivation to know me and to be, have, a, have an encounter with me. And that was the, the prophets said that time and time again, didn't they? They were going through the ritual, but there was no reality. No reality. And David picks this up. Lord, you don't delight in sacrifice? I would bring it. What do you delight in? What do you really want? Verse 17. A broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart—you cannot despise something that is broken before God. Why? Because we, we, uh, what is blessed are those uh, who are poor in spirit, for they shall be, they shall be filled. Blessed are those who mourn. See, there's the brokenness before God. Why? Because we realize who we are, realize who He is, and if we're not in that in that state of dependence, of longing, of looking. We will become proud. The Bible says, what does he say? I will oppose the proud, but give grace to the humble. But what about those when we are broken before him? We realize who we are. This is what the Lord says uh, will happen. He delights in it. He loves it. He longs for it. Contrition, humility, brokenness. Psalm 34. The righteous child, the Lord them out of all their
3: troubles. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart,
1: and saves such as have a contrary spirit. Many are the affections of the righteous, but the Lord delivers the Lord The Lord is near the broken heart. Isaiah said he dwells with the broken of heart. Isaiah also said he looks on those who are broken heart. Isaiah said he revives those. We want revival. We need to be broken before him. Over my sin. Nation nation's sin. Oh, sometimes we, we try to separate ourselves from the nation's sins. No, no, no. Nehemiah said, Lord, I confess the sin of my nation. Why? Because I'm part of this nation. We haven't separated ourselves away. Re- the Lord is near. Brokenness. That's what the Lord desires. That's what he delights in. Bless the Lord. And then he He comes and says, Lord, bless the nation. Build the nation. If you build the walls, walls mean protection blessing, keeping the enemy out, purity, and all those things. You build the walls, Lord, then offerings will be made and you will be blessed. You will be pleased with those. You'll be, why? Because they are, they're coming out of a heart that's pure, a heart that longs to meet with you, a heart that longs to uh, meet with God. Romans 12. Of course, we have New Testament sacrifices, which we've looked at before, but this is the one that's the main one. Romans 12, 1 to 2. Therefore I age you, to brothers and
4: sisters, and because God's mercy, to so offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the reviewing of your mind. And you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his purity of human a perfect world.
1: See what pleases the Lord, surrender. Always, and David understood that. He, he began to live again a life of surrender, a life of repentance. And uh, from that, uh, the Lord blessed him. The consequence of his sin rumbled on a little bit, we know that. But the Lord had forgiven him. Amen. Anyone else? Anyone? Anybody else? The uh, consequences of sin. He says in
3: Samuel 2, Samuel 12, and yeah. now therefore the soul will never be yeah. part from the others. So. Our no
1: Yes, they do, do. and um, they will. Yes, even even as we've seen in, in a lot of times, even when we, we pass on, we die, the sins drag on behind us if we've not dealt with them, um, and that's why this, this psalm is an amazing psalm. And so now, when we're trying to, if if we want to lead someone to the Lord, Psalm fifty one. If we ourselves worried or concerned psalm 51 psalms are fantastic in then this is where david was with his sin oh bless the lord what a great psalm
0: we hope you've enjoyed this episode to find out more about our church including our service times visit www.oakdalechristiancentre.org